pain is not a stop sign. It's a turn signal moving you in the better direction to a better situation or make your situation better. Pain is an indicator. You have a lesson to learn, some dummy tax to pay, but a lesson to learn so you can be better or get into a better situation. Welcome to Conversations with Connors, a NetworkWise podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Connors. NetworkWise trains and educates individuals and organizations in the science and art of networking to accelerate sales, personal development, and career opportunities. In Conversations with Connors, I talk with a variety of highly successful individuals in order to gain insights on how they built, maintain, and cultivated their relationships in order to live a life by design, not by default. My guest in this episode is David Meltzer. He founded a sports marketing agency with NFL Hall of Famer Warren Moon. But it was quite the grind and climb to get to that point. In fact, he's worked his butt off in order to attain success and money. And now, he works to try to empower others so that they can be on track to be just as successful as he has. In this episode, we'll dive into David's humble beginnings, how he built himself up, how he lost everything, and what he managed to do to build himself up a second time. So with that, let's dive right in. David Meltzer, I really appreciate you carving out some time to spend with me today. How are you? Amazing. I'm so excited to be here, hopefully sharing some wisdom, some inspiration to help whoever I can. I think you're going to do that. That's something that you've been doing all your life. Yeah, I've been trying. I've paid a lot of dummy tax along the way to help assist other people. I always say the great things about my interviews is if I got on them and said, hey, I'm going to pay your state and federal income taxes, everybody would sign on. But I have a more difficult time explaining, hey, I'm going to pay your dummy tax for you. That's way more expensive than those other taxes. So join me because I've made some huge mistakes in my life and have become akin to articulating the lessons I've learned to help other people so they don't have to do the same. Gosh, I love that. And I think I've paid a bunch of dummy tax in my life too. Do you mind if I give you a footnote on that one? No problem. (laughs) So, hey, before we get rolling into you, there is a charity that you are really passionate about. I would love for you to kind of give a quick overview of the charity, what it means to you and why you're so passionate about it. So the charity is the Unstoppable Foundation. I'm the chairman of Unstoppable Foundation. And it was founded by Cynthia Kersey, who on her 50th birthday decided she wanted to change her life. And instead of receiving gifts, she received money to build that foundation 11 years ago. And on my 50th birthday, uh, which is now two years ago, uh, 10 years after she started the foundation, I did something. I'm a sports person, so I mimicked the... uh, 30 for 30. And I did a 50 for 50, which was 50 birthday parties around the world. I speak around the world. I travel 200 days a year. And I decided that I would have one big birthday party every place that I went around the world. And all the gifts that I would receive would be cast donations to the Unstoppable Foundation to build community centers in Africa. And we work with five pillars of empowerment. And my mission in life is to empower over a billion people to be happy by finding a thousand people to empower a thousand, to empower a thousand, a thousand times a thousand is a million, a million times a thousand is a billion. So 
the Unstoppable Foundation has been a great platform of empowerment from education to healthcare to financial literacy, all the key five pillars, water, obviously being another one, clean water, all of these different pillars in healthcare, all of those pillars are so essential to empowering them. So our philosophy is to build the communities and leave them. So build them so that they themselves can empower others to empower others. And we've done so, and thousands and thousands of people have been impacted over the last 12 years since it's been founded. I was able to raise enough money to build two full community centers in Africa, which for generations will help tie in and unify the traditional beliefs of the grandparents and parents with the new found education and technology of the youth. And uh, it's really having an incredible impact, not only in Africa, but the entire world. When we elevate others, we elevate ourselves. Wow. I mean, that's just got to make you feel great. I would say I live most of my life thinking money and reaffirming money buys happiness and love. And Cynthia and I both through the Unstoppable Foundation realized that money is very important, but it doesn't buy happiness or love, but it allows you to shop. And if you shop for the right things, like empowering other people, you're going to be happy. If you shop for the wrong things, like buying things you don't need, different things you don't need, or to buy things to impress people you don't even like, then you're not going to be happy. And I've lived both lives. Like I told you, I paid that dummy tax of buying things I don't need to impress people I don't like. And I've learned shopping for the right things to help others, to empower others, to be happy, healthy, and wealthy certainly is a better route to go. Wow. So I keep a pen handy when I do these podcasts and I usually write down when someone says something powerful and I just had to just put the pen down because I can't keep up with you. I'm just gonna have to listen to this a couple of times. <laughs> There's a lot of pearls coming out of your mouth right now. Well, hopefully I'll continue the trend. Yeah, I'm feeling good about that. So I'll tell you, I love that idea. The birthday, I think this is something that you'll appreciate. I had a, another gentleman on my show and he was the recipient of a really nice birthday card that he got on someone else's birthday. And it was really interesting. He read me the card. I would bastardize it. So I'll just try to give you the cliff note version. But essentially, a gentleman that turned 75 sent 75 birthday cards on his behalf with $75 to each person that had some kind of impact on his life. And he said, spend this as you will. I feel very fortunate that I even have 75 people in my life and I've lived 75 years and that I can afford to give $75. Do it whatever, however you want to do it. And the card goes on and on, but that's the essence of it. But I, I feel like in the spirit of giving that, yeah, that you'd like that. So I'm looking forward to doing something very similar. I love that idea. And I may share it on my 75th birthday as well. <laughs> the gentleman's name was Rennick Morris, by the way. So just in case, uh, give him that footnote. So Talk to me. I got, I got the show format. I want to throw out a couple of like rapid fire questions just to kind of, for those who just happen to might not know you, get a better sense for kind of who you are. And then I, I've got a couple of just other more pointed questions. Sound good? Absolutely. Just as a brief background then, like I said, I went on a journey about money and I wanted to be rich when I was young because I had a single mom with six kids who worked two jobs, packed my dinner in a paper bag and filled up turnstiles at the 7-Eleven with greeting cards after she taught all day, second graders. So you can imagine. But the funny thing about me is happiness has always been a key component along with money. So I always say there's two currencies in my life. One is money, the object of energy that I put into flow to get what I want to hopefully save 
my mom from financial distress. So I wanted to buy her a house and a car to complete the happiness circle. And then faith, an object of energy that I put into the flow to get what I want, which is happiness. And throughout my journey, I was uh, graduated law school, millionaire, nine months out of law school. Like I said earlier, everything in my life reaffirmed money buys love and happiness. I bought my mom that house and a car, became her favorite child of six. I thought in my head, at least I went to the Silicon. We sold the company for $3.4 billion in 1995. I went to the Silicon Valley. He raised hundreds of millions of dollars to end up to be the CEO of the world's first convergence device. In 1999, a convergence device is when you converge a laptop with a phone. Today, we call them smartphones. So I was CEO of the world's first smartphone designed by Samsung and had a Windows, a Microsoft device, and became a multimillionaire in my 30s, married my dream girl. Once again, everything that I had and did reaffirmed that money bought happiness and love. I then became the CEO of the most notable sports agency in the world, Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. Most people know Lee from the movie Jerry Maguire. And I surrounded myself with the greatest celebrities, athletes, entertainers at the biggest sporting events in the world, from the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, Masters, Kentucky Derby, Breeders' Cup, to the award shows like the ESPYs, Emmys, Oscars, Grammys, to all types of charitable events. Everything I did had a charitable purpose or cause tied to it. But that's where I met Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback. And we started 11 years ago, a very global marketing agency, a media company, Sports One Marketing, and built that up around the world where the last three and a half years, I've been on a mission to empower over a billion people by using my own brand. So I have several TV shows, Entrepreneur's Elevator Pitch, I'm the executive producer of. I have a new show coming out on Bloomberg and Comcast and Amazon called Two Minute Drill, and that'll come out in January. I have a podcast, which is top in the world, called The Playbook. And I do all of my free trainings on Friday are replayed and featured on Spotify and Entrepreneur. So you can catch those on the playbook. I've written four bestsellers. I coach around the world, executive coach, and I have free coaching available for young entrepreneurs. I'm the chief chancellor of Junior Achievement University with great legends like Brian Pro Brian Tracy and Bob Proctor and Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul, Mark Victor Hampton, Sharon Lecter. So we develop some of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world to help the 100 million alumni that are doing your achievement and especially our young entrepreneurs. So I believe entrepreneurship is the key to saving the world and also empowering people to make more money, help more people and have more fun. And it's such a pleasure to be on the show to help other people learn those three things because I want them to make more money, help more people and have more fun. So that's it. That's all you've done. That's all you got going on. That's all. That's all I'm going to talk about. <laughs> my mom would listen to that and she'd say, yeah, but my other son's a doctor. <laughs> wow. Some good genes floating around the family. Academically, for sure. Not athletically. <laughs> Wait, but did, didn't you play? I feel like you played yeah. co play college ball. I, I play college ball, right? Which I tell people, this is how academically competitive my family is. I could have graduated like my younger brother, summa cum laude from harvard and been one of many family members that have done so just the fact that i played college football put me in a group of one and i was an average college football player so nothing exceptional here <laughs> oh my gosh well I, exceptional in my book just to be able to play the game so uh, thank you you mentioned a couple people and one in particular is one that i'm a huge fan of bob proctor what has he yeah. meant to you i heard a lot of him as you were just talking so Bob is a member of the Transformation and Leadership Council. He is the biggest donor of the Unstoppable Foundation. He 
was on my TV show. I executive produced and was asked to be on the world's greatest motivators on WGN cable channel and Bob Proctor, Les Brown, all these greats were on there as well. But Bob Proctor is one of my first mentors along with Dr. Wayne Dyer in shifting the paradigm of value in my mind of clarifying what Napoleon Hill was teaching in the book, Think and Grow Rich and Carnegie and others. Bob Proctor is an aggregator of information, but the real reason Bob Proctor changed my life was when he was 80 I went to go, I was speaking actually on the same stages as he was, but he showed up and he was 80 years old on his birthday. And at that time I had recovered. I had lost a hundred million, over a hundred million dollars in 2008 and fully recovered from there and living on top of the world, kind of questioning my own existence of what am I going to do? I can't retire. I know last time I retired in my thirties, it caused a disaster. I surrounded myself with the wrong people, the wrong ideas, buying the wrong things. It was self-sabotaging my way down to bankruptcy. I can't do that again. My wife wants to travel though. She wants me to retire. And there was Bob Proctor standing on stage. I was like, wow, that guy, he teaches and empowers people. He's 80 years old and I'm sitting here and he's only getting wiser. He's only getting better what a great thing to do. I'm going to start empowering people. I'm going to start coaching people. I'm going to start speaking. I'm going to start putting out video. I'm going to start. So Bob Proctor was the inspiration to me building my own brand. Instead of building Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Warren Moon, Evander Holyfield, all these greats that I've been around, their brands or companies' brands or charities' brands, I was going to build my brand so I could build a community and a collective consciousness like Bob Proctor has to change the world. I love that. So a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I've steered a lot of people towards the Bob Proctors of the world, not necessarily just him, but just other people that do similar things that have positive messages that help you tap into getting the best out of you and just kind of thinking with more of an abundance as opposed to a scarcity mindset. How are you, you know, are there things that you've done or things that you've pointed people to kind of help shift their mindset to knowing that you can, as opposed to can't? Absolutely. And within the context of this, five daily practices really help people understand their mindset, that they have control of their mindset and their heart set the way that they feel. In order to do so, they have to, one, take inventory of their values. Two, they need to learn to ask. Radical humility is a key component of mindset that until we realize that we're part of everything, that we're a continuum from something through us to others. And in order to do that, we need to ask not only of how we can be service or value, but do you know anyone that can help me? And then three, understanding what it is for the power of intention to be a student. There's a mathematical equation of luck that Bob Proctor kind of forced upon me, which is, David, what you pay attention to and what you give intention to, what you think, say, do, and believe in, combined with your unconscious competencies of your uh, characteristics, personality traits, your own genetic being, your quantum memory, as I call it, that attention plus intention equal the coincidences that occur in your life. That's being a student of things is what creates luck. And then for being present by doing things now, 100% of the things you do now get done, the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people who have control of their mindset do things now and get them done. And then finally, understanding how pain exists in our life, how giving exists in your life. Bob Proctor taught me a valuable lesson that giving to receive is trading. It's a negotiation. It's a quid pro quo. Receiving to give 
That's the methodology that we're wanting to utilize. And in order to do so, we have to practice ending fear to number one, identify fear Two, stop when we're in ego-based consciousness with the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, but we got to stop. And then you got to be a Buddha and drop down and breathe, stay at center. And then once at center, then we can move in the right trajectory in the right direction instead of accelerating and creating void shortages and obstacles, interference and corrosion between us and the most powerful source of energy and light. Bob says that there is more energy in just our pinky enough to light up all of Manhattan. And we are the ones that block it and interfere with it. And so our mindset contains three lenses. One is the lens of productivity. We should be looking at everything about how we can provide value or service to it. Second is a bifocal lens of accessibility, meaning how accessible or connected are we to everything and everyone. And two, the second bifocal is how are we accessing what we want? How are we receiving? Are we asking, do you know anyone that can help me? Are we asking for help? Are we living with radical humility? And then finally, most importantly, in order to practice ending fear, you have to have a gracious lens. You have to realize that pain is an indicator, not a stop sign. Most people stop when they feel pain. They feel stuck. And they quit. 99% of the people quit when they're 25% of the way there. Another 1%, 99 of that 1% who continue on quit before they get to 50% there. So that remains the 1% of the 1% that actually achieve what they can conceive. And in order to do so, they have to realize pain is not a stop sign. It's a turn signal moving you in the better direction to a better situation or make your situation better. Pain is an indicator. You have a lesson to learn, some dummy tax to pay, but a lesson to learn so you can be better or get into a better situation. Realize that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. You have everything that you need or you won't be here. You are here at the right way at the perfect time. You should angle to something better, utilizing those five daily practices that I previously mentioned, but have faith, the second currency, that you're going to end up somewhere better than that. How long has it taken you to be able to articulate all of that type of information? 52 years, 287 days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> but who's counting? Yeah. I know that we're under a real tight uh, time frame. I got one more question for you, if it's okay, before I let you go. So you've talked yeah. about unconscious competency a bunch of times. Do you mind just kind of clarifying what unconscious competency is and how you learned about it? Yeah, thank you for asking. So through Rob Proctor and another gentleman, Blaine Bartlett, who's a world business consultant, who I do an office hour show with him every Thursday, helped me write Compassionate Capitalism as well. And unconscious competency is critical because one of the keys to happiness is to enjoy the consistent every day persistent without quit pursuit of your own potential. That potential, the unspoken word of what you have a particular talent of one that has maybe been inherited from four generations down to you, meaning your great grandparents to your grandparents, to your parents, to you, or maybe a billion lifetimes. But we have a memory, a quantum memory, a DNA that has a layer, an epigenetic layer that activates that DNA. Everyone has potential and it's varying. I could work several lifetimes and never be as good at basketball as LeBron James. And he could work several lifetimes and never be the speaker that I am, or uh, maybe have the business acumen or mathematical acumen that I've been quantumly given. But the key is that if we pick our what, utilizing those five daily practices, we pick our what, we 
can determine how close to our potential we can become. The best way that I can describe unconscious competency is that story about football, because people will ask me, how close to your potential have you ever come? What's the thing, the quantum thing that you've come closest to your potential? And mine is, to be honest, the thing that I spent the most time paying attention and giving attention to, the thing I spent the most time consistently, persistently pursuing in my life was football. And the closest I ever came to my potential was that average college football player. Because according to what I've been given internally, that's close to my potential. I have unlimited potentials in other areas. I'm still exploring those. And so when we realize we have a conscious being, we have a subconscious being, the conscious is created by the 10,000 new thoughts every day. The subconscious is created by the 40,000 of the same thoughts we have every day. And those 40,000 of the same thoughts speak to or create indications to personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions that are quantum. They're a hard drive built into us, maybe from generations, maybe from lifetimes, whatever you believe, it doesn't matter, but they're inherent in you. And your job is to explore through pain and lessons, how close to different potentials that you want to pursue. Remember, it's not a pursuit of happiness is the pursuit by enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, finding the light, the love, and the lessons through gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, inspiring you to be connected from the greatest source of light, love, and lessons through you with appreciation and to everything else that you're connected to. Wow. So if someone's not fired up after hearing you speak, I think they got to check their pulse. Will the things that you're offering on Fridays, do you help people tap into this? Is this something that they're going to learn as a result of getting access to you? I'm glad that you asked. Absolutely. I am. I mean, I, I do pragmatic trainings like this Friday on how to close, but I tie in not just the monetary, that, that currency of money of how to close and the pragmatic features of what to do, say, and think, but the spiritual energetic side of closing as well, all the way to ultimate ego training, worthiness training, all types of different combined currency trainings that I do. But I promise three things from anyone that comes to my free training. You will make more money. You will help more people and you will be happier than you've ever been. You'll have more fun in your life. The three things I think that everybody wants, needs, and maybe has. Oh, that is a beautiful thing. And we'll have all the stuff in the show notes. I'm going to put all this stuff out with all the marketing materials that we put out. But is there any, you know, just the quickly, if someone's listening right now, how do they tune into you? Where do they find you? At David Meltzer, email me, David at DMeltzer, Google David Meltzer, and you will find me. And I've got to thank you, your responsiveness and your team, top shelf. I can't say enough good things about you, about the energy that you're putting out, the goodwill that you're doing, and the mark that you're leaving on this world. Thank you, David. Thank you. Remember, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. I appreciate everyone. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Connors, a network-wise podcast. If you or someone you know is looking for a career change, building a business, seeking to expand sales, or is just generally interested in improving your overall health and happiness, then head on over to networkwise.com to gain access to a plethora of resources to help you build your networking skills and community. Those who are ambitious will network. The ones who succeed will network wise. <laughs>